Welcome, you're listening to the Spa Business Mastery Podcast, a place for team and solo spa owners to learn how to scale their business growth and impact by implementing thriving systems and strong leadership. Hi, my name is Kirsten Foss, and over the past 25 years, I've been an esthetician, spa owner, and business and marketing strategist to help you plant the seeds of success needed to cultivate a truly bountiful spa business. So it's been about... um... Gosh, I guess it's been about six weeks now that since most, um, a lot of the spas around North America have been closed. Some of you guys have only been closed a few weeks, but um, I'm here in Victoria, BC, and although I'm not a practicing uh, esthetician anymore, um, our spas have been closed since (laughs) mid-March. So that is to say that our industry has had a lot of time, a lot of free time um, to think. And... You know, for some of you, it's been a really, well, I know for all of you, it's been a a huge struggle financially. Um, For those of you that were um, kind of financially responsible uh, prior to this, and and you've got some money set aside, uh, you know, some months to kind of hold you through. I mean, it's still really stressful, but at least you've got a little bit of cushion to run you through. Um, but it's still, I think for a lot of, a lot of spas, it's been a real wake up call. It has literally turned our industry upside down and shaken out all the pockets <laughs> and what's been in our pockets. Well, there's been some good stuff, but there's been some not so good stuff. And, you know, I think too, what often happens is that we get so busy working in our business, both solo and teams that you know, we kind of don't have time on a regular basis to kind of pull the stuff out of our business pockets to really take a look at them. And usually what prompts change, um, you know, kind of pre-COVID was, you know, stuff going sideways, things not working. Um, maybe it was clients that a client that was complaining about a specific service provider, or maybe multiple clients complaining about a specific service provider, which then prompts, okay, we need to look at what's going on with that person. Do they need more training? Are they actually the right fit for our business? So, you know, normally we've got a couple of things being revealed to us, um, on the normal day to day as far as what we need to change. But You know, even then, sometimes we know we need to change stuff in our business, but we don't have the time. Now we have had the time. Mind you, some of you, if you've had kids probably at home and trying to homeschool them, don't feel like you had a lot of time. But regardless, it's given us, this break has given us the opportunity to really look at our business and our career. You know, because this isn't just for spa owners, this, this kind of this part of this conversation. Now, I have seen kind of the good and the bad as far as what people are analyzing. So the good stuff I'm seeing is, you know, the opportunities that that showed up with the shutdown. And that would be your e-commerce. Um, those spas that had an e-commerce uh, site set up already, man, that sure saved their heinies. <laughs> um, I have a few clients that, that are doing so, so well with their um, online stores. So that's one piece that I feel like the industry was very slow to adopt and that is e-commerce. So if you just kind of threw up your site a couple of weeks ago, again, you're probably seeing the opportunity like, huh, wow, I can actually sell a fair amount of retail without doing services. So this is a huge wake up call for the industry to say like, guys, e-commerce works. 
Um, other things that I've seen is like definitely the virtual consultations. That's a service that's absolutely exploded. I think there's still lots of work to be done around virtual consultations. And I'm, I'm talking about kind of what, you know, refining the service as well as expanding the service into like having a single service versus a program, a virtual program. Um, now, what else have we seen? Um, we've also seen um, some spas just reevaluating other things that kind of not working in their business and making changes. And that could be getting rid of some product lines that they're like, oh, this really isn't, hasn't been moving. Um, it's not really what I wanted anyways, or it's an old line and they're ready to get rid of it. And this is an opportunity for them to kind of strategize uh, um, about their, their retail. Um, other spas are looking at kind of adding new services like, okay, you know, we have, I have some time to develop, um, different protocol, treatment protocols, bring in different services. Um, while we have time, we can do some virtual training with our team before we're allowed to get back into doing, uh, working in our spas. So that's some of the positives that have been coming out of, um, owners looking at the kind of the topsy-turviness of what's happened and, and kind of seeing the opportunities and, and grabbing the opportunities that feel like they're the right ones for them. Um, and so when we're talking about like e-commerce, that's a, that's a different spa business model. It's, and it doesn't have to be, you know, I'm not saying have only e-commerce versus having a uh, brick and mortar. I'm just saying you will, you now have a new business model to deal with. And particularly with e-commerce, the mistake I see a lot with um, spa owners is that they treat their e-commerce like they kind of almost like their regular website, like they put it up and kind of expect it, you know, build it and they will come. doesn't work like that, folks. <laughs> You need a full-on uh, different marketing strategy, business strategy, growth strategy for an e-commerce um, a business model. So don't fool yourself for a second that you can kind of put up your e-commerce and you're just going to have revenues coming in. You've got to have a plan behind it. Now, on the flip side, the negative side as far as, you know, COVID flipping us around there has been some big, big aha moments for a lot of spa owners um, that don't feel so positive. You know, some of them have been struggling for years, you know, financially struggling for years, leadership struggling for years, and they're just kind of done. And so this has really actually given them a beautiful opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, it's, I, I've just lost my mojo. I'm just really not as passionate as I should be as far as being a spa owner and you know, I'm, re I'm ready to wrap it up. I'm, I'm actually ready to close. And I, I feel like that needs to be totally okay. And because it is, we get to reinvent ourselves as many times as we want to, you know, just because you're choosing to close your business for whatever reason, if it is because you're just tired of writing the cash flow line too close and you just don't have it in you to learn about fiscal responsibility, that's okay. If you don't have it in you and you're ready to, you've given it as much as you want and you're ready to pack it in, that's okay. You're, you're allowed to reinvent and move on to something else. I think it's just hard because, you know, we're, we worry that that's going to be perceived as a failure. And it's just not, it's just life has changed. You've experienced spa owner lifestyle and for a while it was really good for you. And maybe now it's just not good for you and you're, you're ready to move on to something else. Um, I've talked to spa owners who have had teams 
and they're they just don't want the responsibility of a team anymore their life has you know sometimes their personal life has changed you know they either they have little children um and they didn't when they first got started and it's just too much to be uh you know a mom to your kids as well as literally your mom to your business and your team and they really just want to simplify their life and has nothing to do with you know a success or failure it's like this model this part of my life is just not working for me anymore and so they are choosing to shift out of team and going back to solo so um there's lots of there's just lots of opportunity here and what i want to talk about now is just kind of like a five steps if you're deciding to shift your spa business model yay now you need to have a little bit of a plan about, okay, well, what's next? So the easy part is actually making the decision. <laughs> um, the harder part is, you know, going from big picture to start looking in and, and kind of whittling in into your uh, structure and your systems and, and, and your plan, your strategy of how you're going to do that. All right. So number one that you need to do if you're deciding to change your business model is it's time to plan and prepare. So what this means is, I mean, it sounds a bit obvious, but unfortunately in the spa industry, uh, we have a lot of people who kind of like to wing it. You know, we're, you don't see yourself as a business person and you're like, ah, business plan, you know, business plan. I don't need it. I've been so good so far. But I urge you to actually sit down and plan out this new model and how it's going to work for you because there's going to be... Um, the more prepared you are, the easier it is for you to implement. So if you just try to like, oh, I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to shift my business model. I'm going to open an e-commerce store. And if you haven't planned and prepared, then you're in for a rude awakening and, and, and being disappointed because perhaps you thought like putting up an e-commerce store, you just have to put your products up and then your clients will buy and other consumers will buy. You're gonna be disappointed because it doesn't really work that way. It needs some more drive and energy behind that to make that happen. So plan and prepare. So consider actually creating like a little mini business plan and new little mini business plan going forward with this new model. And just so that you've got some of the broad strokes and, and some of the fine strokes uh, already mapped out. <clears throat> Number two. I want you to consider how you will create, deliver, and capture value. Now that sounds kind of boring, but it is incredibly important to when you are doing big shifts in your business. So by creating value, creating value is done through your communication. So that is either through the conversations you're having with clients uh, and in your uh, kind of verbally as well as um, your marketing. So email, social media, all that kind of stuff. So you need to create value. So you have to figure out and be very clear about what the features of what this new change is and what the benefits of this new change is. Because you're going to need to communicate that to your clients. So features, just to be super clear, are the what's. You know, when you think about the features of a facial, it is a cleanse with such and such product, a exfoliant with such and such product. Those are features. Benefits, and the features also are like certain ingredients in them. The benefits are kind of the hows, right? So make sure you are including the, the you know, the what's as well as the hows in order to create value of your new, um, your new pivot. 
Delivering value. How will you deliver value? Is it a new service that you're offering? So if you're doing virtual consultations or a virtual program, how are you delivering value? This is where I get super excited because it's not enough just to say, hey, I'm doing virtual appointments. Your clients are gonna go like, okay, cool. But like, what does that mean to me? Like, what do I get? Like, where's the value? So it's time to dig into how like, how are you creating value of the actual product or service? Okay. So that's delivering value. Sorry. Um, next, the, the other part of this is how to capture the value and how to capture value is through testimonials, asking for testimonials, asking for feedback from your client. Even if, you know, a feedback is just like, Hey, I'm really curious about what you think about this particular service or how I'm doing things now. Do you have any feedback for me? Don't be afraid to ask those questions because that's how you start really fine tuning what's working and what's not. You can't just guess because you're in your own head. You don't know what your consumers are necessarily thinking. Um, and then of course, testimonials, we all want testimonials. So, um, you know, when you're in this, this spot of learning, you know, figuring out how to create value, deliver value and capture value, think of, you're wanting to think about how am I going to capture testimonials? All right. So I, you know, I'm always a big proponent of automation and you can add the ask of a testimonial, um, to a thank you page on your, when people cash out. All right. So, or you can, you can have it a little bit more formal where you either interview them in a video and then kind of, um, edit the video down so that you have this short, cute little testimony, video testimony. There's lots of ways to do get testimonials, but the key here is you're going to have to figure out how to communicate value, right? Number three, as far as, you know, your steps that you need to consider changing your business model. Number three is consider doing a beta test. So some of this will be, um, you'll only be able to beta test once you're allowed to actually have clients back into the spa. If you are beta testing a new service, um, if you are offering virtual appointments or creating a virtual program, I really love doing beta testing because it allows you to fail fast if you need to. And that means that, you know, something, if you put together your protocol for a virtual appointment or a virtual program about how you think it should work, maybe it totally falls flat for the first two people, you know, when they get to a certain place. Um, when you're in a beta test and your clients in a beta test, they understand that there's going to be little hiccups and glitches, that it is a learning experience for you in order to fine tune the process. So um, beta testing allows you to kind of get all of that feedback. It's low risk for you because those people that are in the beta test know it's a test and they're not expecting like a, a, a perfectly fine tuned um, service. Um, so that's why I love beta testing because you can figure out your, your actual, I'm going to do some marketing lingo, your value proposition just means like if what you got going on is actually really, really great, you can only get that information through beta testing and asking for feedback and, um, in order to tweak it all up. So love, love, love beta tests. You can beta test your e-commerce store. Um, that's quite simple and quite fast. You're just asking people to go through it and test it out for you, find out any bugs, write them out, send you a little report. 
Okay, so consider offering a beta test. That's number three. Number four, the fourth step in uh, as far as shifting your business model to consider is to look at it and ask, is it scalable? And how will I scale it? Because one of the big problems with our industry is that as a service provider, we're trading time for money all the time. And this is why if you're niched into skin, why it's so much more lucrative because you have so much more retail to sell. You're able to leverage your time in ways that you can't in the treatment room. So with this new model you're bringing in, how are you able to scale it? If you're going from team back to solo, you're going to be limited in your scalability, but there's offsets for you. You know that it works for your lifestyle better. You know that maybe it works for your energy better. You know that it works for your cash flow better, maybe. All right. So I always like to look at how we can scale, but of course, in, in the two main models we have, solos and teams, as a solo, you will be um, you will be limited in your scalability. However, if you have an e-commerce um, business, that definitely allows you to scale in ways that you can't even as a solo. Okay. Um, as far as scaling, um, you you want to look at three different things. You want to look at scaling um, with people. You know, so if you are a solo and you, you're deciding to change your model into a team, you can scale that with people. You can also scale with technology. So this is really important, especially for solos. I, I think technology for all of our business is absolutely needed for scalability, but definitely for solos. Um, and then my always my favorite for scalability is making sure you have systems in place because when you have a system, it, you can analyze all your steps and see what you're missing, opportunities that you're missing, time that you're missing. Um, and so having, having really smooth systems absolutely helps your business scale, especially when you uh, are moving into a team. If you are moving into a team and haven't considered systems, oh my, I wish you luck. <laughs> You have to have systems, you have to have training, everybody has to be working in the same direction, on the same page, otherwise you don't scale, you just stay flat and yet you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off, all right? So scalability. Lastly, number five, as far as what to consider when you are shifting your business model is that you will absolutely need a new marketing strategy. <laughs> Your favorite topic. You guys have a love-hate uh, relationship with, with marketing. You kind of love it, but you, you, like, you like the creativity of it sometimes, but you hate having to be so consistent. And when it comes to shifting your business model, you absolutely need to be on point with your marketing because that's your communication. How are you going to let people know your business is different? How are you going to attract new people into your business with a new model? if you're not consistently marketing, if you're not consistently communicating, okay? So you need to have a launch plan for your, for your new model. And then you also need to have like an ongoing plan. You know, you don't wanna just launch it with a bang and then it's kind of like fizzles out. <laughs> you wanna you want to use the launch as a, a lighting a fire to get everything excited and, and going with it. And then you use the rest of your marketing to, just kind of push the flywheel to keep it going. 
Um, all right, so I'm curious, is anybody here watching? Uh, if you're on the replay, let me know that you're watching the replay. Um, anyone live here deciding to shift their business model or feeling even any niggles to, to shift your model? Um, I think that right now, you know, as far as time-wise, some of, most of us are still have at least a month, if not two months, uh, still with our businesses closed. And so I think you might be feeling, because I'm kind of feeling it too, as far as this little kind of push-pull, like foot on the gas, foot on the brake. It's kind of this weird feeling like, yeah, I want to make changes in my business because I've got the time, but yet you're actually kind of enjoying the time off, right? And, and you're wanting to use this also as a personal opportunity to slow the heck down because I know and you know you guys have been working frenetically for way too long and you all know what that does to stress kicks up your cortisol levels that does all sorts of stuff to our body and is definitely not sustainable for us in our business so if you're deciding to do a pivot I'm curious about what you're uh, deciding to shift into and I'm also curious about like you know what are your questions if you're thinking about pivoting and you've got a couple of ideas, but you're like, ah, oh, I just can't quite see how this is going to work. Pop a question down below. And of course, if you want to have, you know, a kind of a voice or somebody else's perspective on what your idea is and how you want to shift, that's what I'm here for. So one of the things I wanted to also share today is that normally my one-on-one -on -one coaching, I, I, normally do like six month programs because when we're doing a big shift in our business, it's that's really how long it takes to kind of get everything kind of touched on, tweaked, fixed, built, and then kind of let loose. It takes about six months to do all that work. But I often have people coming to me for just like one hour uh, coaching calls. They're not ready to commit to a full program. That's totally okay. But what I would like to offer you is an hour of my time. So you can pick my brain. It would be just kind of a, it's, uh, my coaching calls are all recorded. I want you to come to the call with uh, questions in mind. And we're going to hash it out for you. I'm going to give you some very, very specific direction. I'm probably going to ask lots of questions to help clarify for yourself as far as what you what you need to do or maybe what you haven't considered yet. And I'm absolutely going to be giving you some action steps at the end of that hour to make sure that you have uh, forward momentum on what you're working on. So normally I, um, my one hour, just single coaching session uh, without a program is $300, but I would like to offer that to our community for $97 for a limited time. So if you want to have... You know, if you want to pick my brain, if you want to spend an hour with me and see what I would do with your business, um, I, I invite you to take advantage of this $97 offer for 30 minutes, sorry, 60 minutes of coaching. Um, I will be sending that offer out in my email next week, but I wanted to share it with you first here on our Thursday Facebook Live. Um, so feel free to send me a DM or you can email me at Kirsten at KirstenFoss.com and we'll set up an appointment for you and get, get started going on that. All right. Thank you for sharing um, this time with me. I know that you have stuff to do in your own home and with your own families. And I really appreciate that you've chosen to spend some time with me and talking about spa business. We will see you next Thursday at 12 Pacific. Bye.